August 8th, 2019. Howie and I recorded with Robert Moore for Wondery Podcast today. These were the questions he asked in italics and our answers. Since you can't tell what I'm reading is in italics or not, I'll have to insert Robert said and I said and Howie said. Robert asked, Carol, please recount the time James Gerritsen called you and Jeff Lowe texted you. I answered, we were out at dinner with friends and I didn't answer the call. Shortly after I got a text, text said, quote, do you want Joe Maldonado gift wrapped and served on a silver platter for the wolves? Call the number that just called you. They have records that will put him behind bars, unquote. Robert asked, Howard, please explain how the lawsuit with Jeff worked briefly. Howie answered, the suit against Jeff Lowe's entity that runs the zoo argues that the transfer of zoo assets, including cash flow to that entity, was improper and violates an injunction so that the entity is liable for the million-dollar judgment. There are also motions for contempt, one against the zoo, one against Lowe personally for contempt of court and for not complying with the court orders. Robert asked, please recount your memory of the day you heard about Joe's conviction and your feelings about it. Howie answered, a person we know who was at the trial called us immediately. We were relieved and particularly pleased that he was convicted on all 19 counts. The reason I did not want us to stay to the end of the trial was that if he was not convicted, I did not want to be in the room watching him gloat. Robert said, Carol, Linda Sanchez says the first time she met you was in 1981 or 1982 at an open house where you were with Don. He introduced you as Martha. Then a few weeks later, she walked into his house and found you cooking a can of chicken and dumplings on the stove. And Don introduced you as Carol. And Linda said, so which is it? Does this sound right? I answered, it's possible that I would have been at an open house with Don in 81 or 82 and possible that Don may have lied to her about my name. When Linda says she later saw me cooking in Don's house, that seems unlikely, as I don't cook, and I only ever saw the inside of Don's marital home once, and no one was there but him and me. We could have been together at one of the homes we were buying, fixing up and selling, but it just doesn't ring true that I would have been cooking in such a situation. Robert asked, Linda said that by 1997, Don perceived the sanctuary as becoming a drain on his finances, but you were wanting to make it bigger, take in more cats, and at the same time, although she didn't say this explicitly, I assume stop breeding and selling, which would make it even less profitable. Is that fair? I answered, that was the opposite of true. I had been asking Don since 1994 to stop breeding, buying, selling, and bringing in cats, as we had over a hundred already, and almost all of the workload fell to Jamie and me. Robert asked, Anne McQueen says that the week prior to Don's disappearance, he told her you two had a fight over, she thinks, Jamie's cable TV bill, and Don slept in a semi-trailer that night. Do you recall that? And I answered, Don and I had two arguments over a $9.99 cable bill. One was for Jamie's cable in 1994, and the other was for our cable in 1996. Sometimes he would spend the night away, but I never knew where. Robert said, Anne also says that before his disappearance, Don told her that it was definitely over this time that this was done. It wasn't one of their off and ons. It was, it was done. Do you think that's true? 
Was Don ready to end the relationship at that point? And I answered, My diary has been my way of coping, so there are times where there was an argument I would write about to get past hurt feelings. In the months leading up to Don's disappearance, I note several times how he's been less prone to making crazy accusations. The last time Don had lashed out was June 20th of 1997. He was angry that I was insisting he be evaluated by a medical doctor for his dementia. He was diagnosed as being bipolar, but I didn't learn of the diagnosis until after his disappearance when I was searching for clues. Robert asked, Although we've already although we've already spoken to me about this in 2015, I'd like to give you a chance, if you like, in HD audio, to address the restraining order that Don took out against you, because it's something people often bring up. And I said, you've already heard this. Robert said, one of the detectives on the case told us you declined to take a lie detector test. Why? And I answered, at first I agreed, because I didn't have an attorney, and I thought it would be a way to clear me as a suspect. I didn't hire an attorney until September of 1997. I told them I was going to go take the polygraph, and my attorney said that a polygraph can't tell if you are lying. It can only tell if you're having an emotional response. This was a very emotional event for me, and the attorney said there was no way they would use the results to clear me, but rather, if I passed, it would just say that the results were inconclusive. There's no upside if that's how it works. Robert asked, we also heard a story that when the detectives came in to administer the lie detector, you had a tiger in your living room, which the detectives perceived as sort of an intimidation tactic. Is that true? I answered, no. First, no one ever came to my house to administer a lie detector test. Aurora Tiger would sometimes be closed in my bedroom with the door to an outside yard, but the living room was a caged room for bobcats. She had been raised, she being Aurora, had been raised with the Black Leopards, Magic, and Jumanji. So, if the rumor didn't mention those two being there, it didn't happen at all. The only other rooms in the house were another bedroom, the kitchen, dining room, and bathroom. Even if she had been in the house at a time when the police were there, they wouldn't have been exposed to her or the Leopards because they were so rambunctious. By the time of Dawn's disappearance, Hercules, the baby snow leopard, was two months old, and Katera Bobcat, were living in my bedroom, so I don't think Aurora would have been in the house anymore. Robert asked, Your adversaries in the exotic animal world say that you whitewashed your history by claiming that some of the cats you bred are now labeled, or were previously labeled, as being born into the pet trade. What is your response? I answered, We have always been honest about the origins of our cats. Our history is on our website, on the cat's bio pages, on our audio apps, and on a big sign in the tour waiting area of the sanctuary. Each cage has a sign with the cat's name, date of birth, and a one-line history to jog the memory of the tour guides. The five cats we have who were born here may have said, quote, born into the pet trade, unquote, on the sign, but if the guide tells or plays the story, it's explained that the cat was born here back in the 90s, before we knew any better. We don't just post, quote, born here, unquote, and take a chance that visitors leave thinking it's okay to breed big cats for life in cages. Robert asked, One thing that Joe often said is that you are not really trying to rescue animals, but are in fact a private owner with a hoarding problem. I don't think this one will be too hard for you to address, but I wanted to give you a chance to do so anyway. I answered, Joe projects his own issues on others. 
My actions certainly show this to be a lie. Robert asked, Another of Joe's claims is that you and PETA want the government to essentially go into people's homes and take away people's pet tigers and lions and give them to you and other sanctuary owners. Is that a fair depiction of what you want? I answered, That has never been what we have petitioned the government or lawmakers to do. We have always provided that people could keep the animals they have, but would be prohibited from breeding or acquiring more. Robert asked, Do you think anything will be lost if tigers and lions are no longer living in zoos where people can see them in the flesh? Will our children's lives be impoverished in some way? I answered, We do our children a huge disservice by teaching them that it's okay to deny wild animals their freedom under the guise of calling captivity education. We are close to losing big cats in the wild because of these outdated attitudes. We could save the planet if our wild places became the only theaters where the lives of charismatic animals could be captured by remote cameras. Robert asked, How should we as a society decide what should and should not be a pet? Exotic birds and fish are both wild and non-native. Do they belong as pets? What about a semi-wild animal like a bunny or a ferret? Or even a dog or cat? Where should the line be drawn? I answered, By definition, a pet should not be an animal who would naturally kill you or fear you as an adult. Robert asked, Juan Garcia wrote me this, Quote, Targeting people's source of income is extremely concerning. In doing so, you also cut off people's ability to care for their animals. For many people in the animal industry, their animals mean everything to them. I'm not sure if it's her intention, but I believe Carol's methods only serve to radicalize those targeted by her calls to action. Could the Joe Exotic debacle have been avoided if a friendly dialogue had taken place from the very beginning? Backing people into a corner will only cause them to lash out which doesn't improve the lives of animals, unquote. How do you respond to that? And I answered, he's a real person? I can hardly get past that because I always thought he was just one of Joe's aliases, but clearly this guy has better grammar than Joe. This is a great question for Howie, as he points out frequently that there are only a handful of these cub pimps doing this. Most zoos, AZA or not, managed to survive without speed-breeding cubs to use as photo and pay-to-play props. If you're enjoying my diary, please like, share, and subscribe. You can find other ways to connect to me over at bigcatrescue.org forward slash carol.baskin.